Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad podcast produced by Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. I am Bob, and I'm exactly one half of the Bob and Brad team. And today, my guest is Andy Mant. And you're going to find this very interesting. I'm sure I can hear you saying this already, that you don't think this has anything to do with you. But we're going to talk about light and how it affects your life, your mood, your sleep, your stress levels, your eating, all those things, and how it can be altered to your benefit. So welcome to the show, Andy Matt. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Bob. It's a real honor. Uh, likewise, the honor is all on this side. So um, this is a subject I don't know much about, so I'm really eager to learn, and uh, I think we should go ahead and get started. Um, I thought we'd start with it, maybe if you could give your backstory. Um, so we know who you are and what you, why you got interested in this area. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great place to start. And the more astute of viewers and listeners will pick up my accent uh, is, is British. Um, but I live in Australia and I've lived in Australia for about 11 years now. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit why about a little bit later on about why I moved to Australia. It's all about to do with light. Now, I... I came, grew up in a small town in, in, in England and throughout my life, I was very active um, as, as a kid. And then I turned into my sort of mid twenties, started to eat really badly and not exercise a lot like I was. And I put on a lot of weight um, and I couldn't lose it for five years, right? And um, this was a major problem for me, a lot of health issues. And it led me to look at sort of recommendations about how to lose weight and none of them worked and I thought to myself I'm going to do all this myself and I'm going to research I'm going to read the studies and I'm going to look to lose weight and I, I stumbled across um, a specific dieting protocol that worked really well for me um, lost a lot of weight and then it led me down this rabbit hole of like well if I can go and take matters into my own hands to improve my my weight and aesthetic what else can I improve? Um, and sleep was one of those things that never really functioned very well for me. I always woke up feeling a bit groggy and tired and, and, and never that yeah. great mornings. Real, you know, a lot of people suffer from this. It's, it's right. really common. very, very common. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just led me to find a few doctors in the US actually that were talking a lot about light and its impact on something called circadian rhythms. Um, and again, I can talk more about that later on, but I discovered that light can impact sleep-wake cycles. And if we're under the wrong light at the wrong time of day, we can impact our sleep negatively. So that led me to look into how to manage light more effectively um, to bring us back to what our ancient circadian rhythms, body clocks were used to which would then re-entrain my sleep cycles. And that's, I stumbled across different types of lighting, different types of sleep masks, different types of blue light blocking glasses that really helped to improve my sleep. So that is kind of in a nutshell where I'm at today and, and a little bit about my background. And it all came out of this, you know, passion really to, to go and research the literature and find out for myself what worked for me. And then I started a company that looked to empower people to basically understand more about light and its impact because no one's really talking about this and to help people really with their, um, with their sleep and with their general well-being. Uh, I see it mentioned as a, a side for a lot of people, but not the main subject. Um, you know, Andy, if you don't mind, uh, I wonder if we could mention your website and contact information right now, because yes. if people play this back, they'll start at the beginning, and it's always a good time to mention that. So your website is? Of course, it's blueblocks.com. So I'll spell that for everyone. Yeah. It's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. So pretty straightforward, but right. some people miss out the L and call it blue box, but it's blue oh. block. Great. in block blue you know so yeah yeah and um yeah and, and there's Great contact name. yeah it's so cool eh? and um yeah there's tons of literature on there tons of learnings um and also some products there you know disclaimer there are some products there that you can buy 
sure. um, to help support, you know, your light management. But, you know, like I, like I always like to caveat Bob as well is I'm not really that fussed if people buy from me or not. All I want to do is educate. And as long as like, today I'm going to give them the tools they need to understand light better, but also the tools they'll need to ask companies about their products in order to make sure that they are going to work. So there's a lot of rubbish out there. So it could be from us, could be from another company, but as long as they've got the tools, you can buy from where you want. But you know, use our website for education. There's tons and tons of good stuff on that. Fantastic. We're of the same ilk. I'm, I'm, my <laughs> goal is to try to help as many people as I can before I'm laid down to this cold into the cold round. So, no. uh, so is it a good uh, a place to start like talking about light? What is good, good light? What is bad light? Um, you, you, I've seen you mention junk light even. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's three types of light. I like to categorize it in three ways. And a lot of the, you know, world leading experts on light, like Dr. Alexander Wunsch and Dr. Jack Cruz refer to three types of light as well. Okay, so you've got natural lights. Okay, so this is the light that we've evolved under for millions of years. And it is from the sun. Okay, so the sun is full spectrum light. So think of a rainbow when it rains mm -hmm. and it's sunny, you see all those colors, that is the colors that are contained in the sun and in natural light. And each of those colors has a positive effect on our body during the day. Okay, so sunlight changes in its frequencies throughout the day. So sometimes mm -hmm. there's more infrared, sometimes there's more blue light, sometimes there's more red light, and they all have different effects on the body. Now you've also got artificial light okay now artificial light is a light that's been made by humans so it's typically led these days or fluorescent light and it's the kind of lights you'll find say in your office or in your home um, in, in the ceilings in lamps in your backlit digital devices like your smartphone or your laptops they're even now in places like you know your modems your um, LED clocks on your, you know, cooker and um, oven and, and fridge light and things like that. And what they are is they're not full spectrum light. So in order to make this light, you know, really bright and energy efficient, manufacturers have taken out some of the frequencies of light and left or intensified some of the others in. Just so happens that artificial light in all those devices that I've mentioned is typically high in something called blue light, which is high energy visible light. And then you've also then got junk light, okay? And junk light is light that is from natural sources like the sun, but it's filtered. So you could be wearing sunglasses, you could be sat behind a window or in your car, but because the light isn't passing directly from its natural source through your eyes and skin, it's altered as it passes through glass, Therefore, it changes the composition and the frequencies of light that it contains. So you're not getting the dosage of light in its natural form because it's altered by these windows. And what you find is when you start to alter light by artificial and junk light sources, you start to see negative changes in your body. Your sleep might be, be disrupted. Um, if you're sat behind glass um, in an office and the sun is shining, you're filtering too much of different kinds of light, which can actually increase your risk of skin cancers, um, rather than being out fully in the sun. You could be exposing yourself to artificial light after sunset, but that's not natural. So you might actually have your sleep disrupted as well. So there's those three different types of light. And really when it, what it boils down to is getting more of the natural light and blocking and managing the artificial and junk light um, that you're getting in your life. So would air pollution play a role in this at all? I mean, does that affect light? It does. Yes, absolutely. I saw, no one's ever asked me that before, so I'm really glad you have. And it also, uh, yeah, it, it does. It filters it in, in, in negative ways. And this is why it's such a major issue at the moment in some of these major cities around the world. I guess China have a huge issue. Not so much here in Australia, but I'd imagine the US and UK have some big issues with pollutants as well. And this is why it's, um, you always find that when people go camping, for instance, you go camping out of the big cities where there's a lot of pollution and you always come away, even though you've slept on the floor or in a tent, you always come away feeling so refreshed because number one, you're not getting as much 
artificial light pollution, but two, you're getting the purest form of sunlight because there's hardly any pollutants in the atmosphere. There's hardly awesome. any radiation out there. It's 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 just fantastic. So yeah. Sense. So red light, blue light, infrared light. You know, uh, what are the percentages you're supposed to try to get of that? I mean, it, yeah. Well, it it. it... <laughs> It's really not a question of, of percentages of what you want. It really depends on the time of the day. So let me explain how blue and red light sort of work and infrared light for, for you guys. Um, it, it might be a little bit of a, a time, this one, but I'll, I'll, I'll break each one down for you. No, by all means. Good, good. So let's start with our circadian rhythm, okay? Because this will help people understand it a little bit more. Yep. So circadians, are, you know, it's from a Latin word, circa, which means about, and dian, which means day so it means about a day now it's a clock system that's located in our brain okay it's right in the um, super charismatic nucleus and what it does is it's a 24-hour clock okay so it, it basically mirrors the the, the rotation of, of the earth now this body clock can't tell the time internally it needs cues from the environment that you're in to tell it what time of day it is okay and the when it can tell the time of day it will secrete and suppress specific hormones and neurotransmitters in line with what time of day it is now the major entrainer of this clock system is light it's sunlight every animal has it plants have it as well photosynthesis all that is timed through their circadian mechanisms now when light passes through our eyes from sunlight in the morning the big spike in blue light that happens at that time of the day basically starts to entrain your, your clock system. So it starts it ticking and it starts to release things like serotonin and dopamine. It starts to release cortisol. You know, cortisol is fantastic in the mornings because it's almost that like jump starts, the key in, the key in your ignition to get you started during your day, it gives you the energy to be, to be active. And as the day goes on, the light in the sun changes. There's, there becomes maybe more red, less blue, more blue, more red, depending on the time of the day. And hormones in the body will change throughout the day as that light hits your skin and passes through your eyes. Now, as the sun starts to set, we start to see, after a big spike in blue, a gradual decrease in blue light and an increase in red light. And what, what you find then is that sends a message to the clock system through the eyes and the skin that's saying nighttime is coming. We need to turn down the cortisol levels, the stress hormones. We need to start releasing melatonin, which is a relaxing hormone that helps you sleep and is a really powerful antioxidant. Think of when you're watching the sunset afterwards you, or during it, you feel so relaxed. That's the red light that's causing that to happen. And then what, what would have happened back in the ancient times is we wouldn't have switched on the house light. We wouldn't right. have looked at our smartphone. Exactly. We would have maybe sat around a campfire and a campfire gives out red light, very relaxing, very soothing. And we would have a really good sleep. And in the morning, the sun would rise. We would get up, the sun would entrain our clock and we'd start again and the whole process would continue on. Now, the problem we have today is that we get up in the mornings and the first thing we look at is this, right. our smartphone. Exactly. Now, when you, when you check the color temperature of your smartphone and the composition of light in the smartphone, it mirrors solar noon. So when your clock system is looking for environmental cues and you don't watch the sunrise in the morning and you look at your smartphone, your body is going to go, oh, right, it's midday. Brilliant. So you start, you start your clock ticking from midday. So you sure. miss out on all those amazing hormone benefits. You know, the cortisol won't be as high. The um, serotonin and dopamine will be lower. And also you phase shift. So what that means is your circadian rhythm thinks it's say six hours ahead of where it should be. So if you want to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you might not be ready to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. It might be midnight, one, two in the morning, which is so bad for your health. And the other issue with blue light is that, as I said before, after the sun set on our ancestors, they'd have a campfire on and they wouldn't have access to any blue light. The more astute listeners out there might go, what about the moon and what about the stars? But the lux, the light intensity from those um, celestial bodies 
actually isn't enough to impact circadian rhythms. It's more of an impact on monthly rhythms. So you can forget the moon and the stars doesn't have an impact, it's been shown. So what we do now is we, we might miss the sunset, but let's just say we've watched the sunset. Um, we, we've been good today and we've watched the sunset. We come back into our house and we open our fridge or we start to cook dinner or we look at our smartphones, we watch television, or even we just put our house lights on and read a book. The light that's emitted from those devices is telling our body it's solar noon again. So the cortisol levels start to rise in the evening and the melatonin levels drop, which makes it harder to sleep. And over time, chronic sleep deprivation aside, if your cortisol levels are high during the day and high during the evening, one of two things can happen. You can start to get chronic levels of cortisol, which causes chronic levels of stress, which makes you anxious, um, depressed, you know, high levels of, um, you know, just, just general stress and low mood. But also what we have seen in, in some studies, and I can link these at the end if, if needed, is that it reverses the cortisol cycle. So what you find is in the mornings, your cortisol is low because it's messing up your circadian rhythm cortisol cycle, which means when your cortisol levels low in the morning, you don't want to get out of bed. You're just like that alarm goes off and you're just like, screw this, I'm staying in bed, which isn't natural. But then you'll get up eventually, you get showered, you go to work, and then you'll be a bit tired during the day. You might have a 3 p.m. crash. But then 9, 10 o'clock at night in the evening, your cortisol levels start jacking up again. And then you're just like, wow, yeah, I'm really wide awake here. And, and I don't want to be because I want to go to sleep. And it's blue light that's causing this because it's not in line with our natural circadian rhythms. So that's blue light, okay? Red light is a whole different story, okay? Red light is the opposite of blue light. So blue light excites, causes you to feel awake and alert. Red light does the opposite. It makes you feel relaxed and it actually heals as well. So you, you might have heard dig, of, of digital eye strain. So people staring at a computer all day get sore eyes and a right. headache. Exactly. And that typically is, it's the blue light, right? That's the blue light that's, in its, on itself in isolation, penetrating your eyes for a long period. Um, and what blue light does is it actually damages the cells in your, in your body. And that's true for sunlight as well, okay? So it does damage it. There's always a double-edged sword with nature. It causes sure. some damage, but the benefits keep the circadian rhythm in check. But nature's so clever, Bob, we know this, right? So what happens is because there's full spectrum light in the sun, red light, basically counteracts the, the negatives of blue light by healing, okay? It increases phosphorylation at the end of the um, ATP chain. Okay. And, it, and it basically allows for healing and restoring more energy to produce um, cellular repair from the damage that blue light is causing. But what have we done in artificial light? We've ripped that red light out of there so we're just penetrating our eyes and skin with blue light all day, every day, which is causing this damage. Whereas if we had more red light in our life, we could heal some of that, those negative effects. So what I always say is people that are on their laptops, have some red light around you, get outside as much as you can. Um, and also there's red light therapy that you can use as well. And there's specific frequencies of red light that are more bioavailable and bioactive in humans um, and that's why you see these red light panels out there now and people standing in front of these big sort of red light devices because they heal and restore your energy. So red light heals, blue light damages. Blue light also causes you to feel awake, which is great during the day, keeps you feeling awake after dark, which is not good, but more red light after dark will help counteract that and also blocking the blue light after sunset helps out as well. So I hope, hope that kind of explains the, 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 the two. Very, very well. Um, so you wouldn't want to use red light in the morning then? Well, you actually can. So when, when the sun rises in the morning, it contains almost equal amounts of blue than it does red, okay? So maybe slightly more blue, maybe a little bit less red but there's also very, very high amounts of infrared light in the morning from the, the sun and in the, in the evening as well. And infrared light is a really, really good healing um, light. So a lot of the studies show that 850 nanometers, which is what light's measured in nanometers, is extremely healing and it's present in the sun at sunrise and sunset. So 
you know, this makes complete sense from an evolutionary standpoint, because if you think about it from a sunset standpoint, you've been out in the sun all day long and you've, you've, you've taken in a lot of blue light and a lot of UV light. What do we need then to heal us? You need the infrared and red light, which is highest in the evenings and also in the mornings as well, I guess, after you've had a sleep as well. So it's, it's, it's extremely important not to harvest light you know it's not not, not take it in in its raw form and change it because light is present in the sun in different frequencies throughout the day for these specific reasons and as soon as we start manipulating that and messing around with nature we're going to leave a lot of damage on the table at a cellular level if we're just bathing under artificial light all, all day every day and, and this is one of the reasons why i think that you know you we have such an issue with 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 metabolic disease in in the world at the moment and i'm not saying light is the cause of this but far from it i think there's lots of things i think you know well mental wellness is a big one i think food and diet is a big one light yes. is a big one and emf and and 5g and you know um wi-fi radiation things like that are, are never going to be good things as well they're, they're interfere at a cellular level um but light has this you know amazing ability to create the right or the wrong environment to do things in so when you start looking at environmental cues for your clock systems and how light plays an impact there's a really interesting study out there that compared there's actually two there's, there's one that compared people exercising outside in the morning with exercising inside and those exercise outside lost more um, body fat than those that were exercising wow. indoor, which was incredible. Yes. Um, and they also felt stronger senses of well-being, which would have been the serotonin and dopamine. And there was also a really interesting study that showed two groups on treadmills inside exercising. And the, the group that had red light shining on them whilst they were exercising, the infrared and, and red light, actually lost more body fat than those that didn't have the light shine on them. So you can see how some experiments are starting to come out now that are showing just how big an impact light can have on, on um, you know, weight loss, for instance, but also on how you metabolize certain meals as well. I mean, I'm going a little bit off, off, off topic here, but whilst it's in my head, I'd, I think it's be, be good to talk about that sure. if you eat, say, a very high carbohydrate meal in the evening under blue light, you are going to process and digest that food very differently to if you were to eat that high carbohydrate meal, for example, in the mornings. When you start looking at it, once you've got a correct circadian rhythm, so you, you're spending a lot of time outside, you're, you're blocking blue light after dark, you actually find that leptin, ghrelin, and all the digestive peptides in the gut are actually primed to digest whatever you want to eat in the mornings up until about midday. And then the ability to digest food decreases from midday onwards until it gets to a point where two to three hours before bed, you're, you're going to be storing a lot of the calories you're eating as, as fat rather than utilizing it as energy. Because during the day, number one, like, like I said, those um, hormones and neurotransmitters are primed to digest that food and partition it correctly. But during the day, we need to keep active. We need to use that food for um, for energy and moving around. And when we start eating it after sunset, the body's like saying to you, well, I don't need this as energy now. I'm winding down. I'm, my melatonin levels are high. My cortisol levels are low. Let's just store this as body fat. And then we can, gotcha. we can use it maybe in, 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 in the coming days. So, you know, got to be careful when you eat as well, because light has a big, plays a really big role in how food is digested and how we utilize the macronutrients that we're eating as either energy stored as body fat or, or built as muscle, depending on what goals you have in, in, in your dietary uh, regimes. So are the lamps that uh, they recommend for seasonal affective disorder, are those red light? They're not actually, they're blue light. Now you gotta be kidding. Yeah, I know. Now, now, now you're learning about this. You're now like, oh. what is going on? So look, oh like, okay, I'll talk to you about seasonal effective lamps, okay, because they're, they're a funny one. I like to compare them to pills, okay? So you go to the pharmacist, you go to your doctor and you get a prescription yeah. because you're feeling tired. They pump you full of melatonin and you sleep better. 
and then you become reliant upon that and right. then you start messing up your internal systems you can't produce as much melatonin or right. bigger dose and this that and the other those lamps are the same you you buy one of those lamps okay if you're feeling groggy in the mornings and yeah. you're struggling you will get an amazing benefit straight away you'll be like wow i'm alert and awake and i feel great and then the efficacy of that will wane over time because what's happening is you're giving yourself this quick fix like a cup of coffee to get some energy or a red bull or something like that yes you get that quick fix but at what expense to your health long term if you're drinking a lot of like say red bull or you know you're drinking tons and tons of coffee that, that perhaps isn't uh, you know beneficial for you if you're drinking lots of it to get that kick throughout the day because one to start with is probably fine but in five years time you're going to need three in the mornings so with these lamps you really want to avoid them as much as possible and the protocol because because i know what you got you, you're going to say is you're going to say well the sun doesn't rise until right, late right. in the northern hemisphere um and this is where you have to then think more about your ancestors right so number one and i know this is difficult because we live in the fordonian era where nine to five is typically the the norm although you know right. the current state of play at the moment means that there's a bit more flexibility in that so what you need to do is when you wake up in the morning um you need to be seeing what your ancestors would have seen so they might have got up before the sun rose but again they wouldn't have been exposed to blue light so don't flick on the house lights don't look gotcha. at your phone what i tell people to do is these red lenses here that i'm showing you these block all the blue and green light from entering your eyes so if you get up in the morning before you turn on your lights, if the sun hasn't risen, pop these on and you're then seeing what your ancestors would have seen. Then when the sun starts to rise, whether you're in work or whether you're on your way to work, undo the window of the car, go out for a break if you're at work or if you haven't left yet, get outside, take these off. And then the first light, natural light you're seeing from the sun is then gonna entrain your body clock. Now, it doesn't matter if it's cloudy, it doesn't matter if it's raining, you're still gonna get that light for your eyes. Not in the same dose as in the summer, but this is where it comes down to seasonality of sleep and circadian rhythms as well. And a lot of people don't talk about this. During the summer months, you need less sleep. And the reason you need less sleep is you're getting more energy from the sunlight. So the sunlight is helping with the, um, with the ATP production along with hydrogen and, and, and oxygen from your food and your water. Um, it's giving you more energy. You're getting more, um, uh, you, you become more active during the day and you actually need less sleep to, to recover. Whereas in the winter, because there's less sunlight, you're getting less energy. Um, so you're going to need to sleep for longer. So this whole, I need eight hours sleep is not actually technically true. It's almost like saying women need 2000 calories, guys need two and a half thousand sure. calories. Yeah. too generalized right too generalized so you've got to look at it as seasonality yes you might sleep longer in the winter and sleep less in the summer and that's fine your body is used to that but it's just making sure that number one you're not using these sad lamps in the morning but you're using something as simple as as blocking the blue light so you can switch on your house lights in the morning you can you can look at your phone if you want to as long as you're wearing these glasses before the sun rises you, you you're going to be you know, in, in fantastic shape and have a correctly entrained circadian rhythm. I imagine that includes the TV, right? That's also correct. Yeah, the TV, TV is dreadful. And, and even things like a lot of people that hear this for the first time will be like, well, I just put my phone on night shift mode. And right. it's like, okay, well, that's, that's great. It still lets out blue light, by the way, I've tested it in the lab. Um, but oh, no. oh, yeah, man. I know. So, so basically I turn my phone, I turn my phone um, red. Okay. So I've got a shortcut. So you can see my phone here. Yeah. I press the button on the side three times and it turns completely red. So I can send you the link on how to do that. So yeah, after please, the sunset, please do. Yeah. It's only red light. It's free to do. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, so, but yeah, so people, how would we get red light in the afternoon if we can't go outside is there yeah well that, yeah there absolutely is okay so if you can't go outside and, and what i'm about to say like none of these things can replace the sun but 
I understand that we can't all go and quit our jobs and live in a field in the in, in the middle of right. Texas somewhere. You know, we, we can't do that. Um, so we have to put biohacks in place, which is like hacking the environment around us to be able to keep our circadians healthy and kind of mimic what our ancestors would have lived in. So one of the or two of the two of the things you can do is um, is, is something like this. Okay, so this is a red light bulb. Okay, it's flicker free, it's low EMF, and it emits 630 to 660 nanometer red light. So this is like the, the gold standard of, of light. Um, and you would put this, say, in a lamp next to your computer, or you'd have them in your house at, at, at ground level or, or wherever you want, um, in, in recessed lighting, in, in lamps, uh, whatever, really. And having this on is then shining red light into your environment. And if you're on your smartphone, laptop, TV, you're going to get a lot of the blue light from that. But then you've also got the red light balancing it out. Another good one, not as good as the red light bulbs, are salt lamps. Um, salt lamps give out more pinky orange lights. So, you know, that's okay, but it's not as good as red. But you know, if someone's listening to this, just wanting to get started, then that, and they've got a salt lamp in their house, then just have that near where you're, you're sitting and exposing yourself to the blue light. So if you're on your computer, have it next to your computer. If you're watching TV, have it next to you, shining onto your skin, because you have receptors in your skin that can absorb light. Um, and another so, good one- is Andy, just real yeah. quick, um, with the red light bulbs, so is there a I mean, if I go on Amazon and just find red light bulb, or is your website blueblocks.com? Yeah. Would it, would it sell those? Yeah. So we, um, we do the light bulbs at, at blueblocks.com. Um, and we got the American, um, Canadian and, and all the different fittings. Um, so that's not an issue. Right. I'm sure there's other ones out there you, you could look at as well. But the issue that, that I've got with red light bulbs, um, and I've got a video coming out on my YouTube. Um, I think in March, I've already recorded it, where I've purchased a few red light bulbs from undisclosed companies from Amazon. Um, and I've tested them with my spectrometer. Mm -hmm. And the majority of them are still emitting some sort of blue light. Um, wow. You just can't see it with a naked eye. So you've got to be very careful. This is, this is the thing. You've got, you've got to, if you, if you want to go and buy a light bulb from Amazon, what I would suggest asking for is, can you send me a spectrum report for your light bulbs? And they should have this. Every light bulb manufacturer has to do this by law to show what spectrum of light is being admitted. And if any light below 600 nanometers is being admitted by that bulb, it's, it's not admitting pure red light. So red light starts at 600 nanometers and finishes at 800 nanometers. So you wanna see the spectrum report showing a graph spiking in those ranges, 600 to 800. And if any light below 600 is coming through, you're getting green and blue lights, which is gonna impact your circadian rhythm from a negative standpoint. So you just, yeah, you gotta be careful with, with that. Um, just from the test results I've seen from a random sample of, um, of these bulbs on Amazon. What about the infrared light? I mean, is there a certain dose you'd like to get of that? Or, I mean, is there a certain way to get that be beyond the sun? Or Yeah, absolutely. So red light therapy, again, full disclosure, we sell this as well. Um, so red light therapy is harnessing red and infrared light, okay? And it's putting it into a device and it's delivering it in, in very high doses. The reason, as I've explained earlier, that you want to harness specific frequencies of red and, and infrared light is that the ones that are in red light therapy are highly bioactive and available in humans, which means that we can utilize them very efficiently for the positive benefits that they, that they give you. We also got to bear in mind that there's a certain irradiance, which is like the power of the, 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 the infrared light frequencies we need to achieve. You want it to be over 70 um, megawatts per square centimeter of power, um, ideally over a hundred, um, higher the better, um, because you can have lower irradiance, but you'll be sitting in front of red light therapy for like seven hours to get the same benefit oh, sure. of say five minutes from the higher ones. Sure. Um, 
So you, you get it from red light therapy. Okay, so you need 850 nanometers for the infrared, um, the near infrared, and that's the most bioactive. And that really penetrates deep inside the tissue and the bones. Um, and it will, you know, we, we've seen, there's over 4,000 studies that's been done on red light and its benefits. And there's about 240 something that have been the gold standard of, you know, double blind placebo peer reviewed studies on this showing how beneficial this frequency of light is to healing and restoring um, cellular damage. So for instance, we've seen studies that shown improved thyroid function, improve improvement to arthritis, improvement to muscle soreness after training, um, rapid healing of wounds. Um, so people that have maybe cut themselves and then use this type of light, it's healing in like two to three times faster than, than, you know, just not having this device present. We've seen weight loss. We've seen acne be, um, uh, helped. We've seen um, collagen increase in, in the skin, um, which obviously improves elasticity and, and prevents aging. Um, we've even seen um, use of it sort of helping with um, certain metabolic conditions such as, um, su such as some cancers. You know, I'm not saying this cures cancer. I want to caveat that, but it's helping with, with the other treatments that people are having. Um, so it's just this powerful tool that's really starting to gain traction now in, in this sort of wellness and um, this, alternative this, medicine. This side. is so strange because I just got contacted uh, today online by a person I know, and they're having trouble with uh, neuropathy in their feet. And their therapist is recommending a red therapy. Oh, and uh, I, I didn't know anything about it. And he said, do, do you know anything about it? I said, I don't know, but I'm, I'm meeting with a guy today that I think can answer this. So 100%. is there, you know, as a practitioner, as a physical therapist, that's going to provide this to him. Uh, can he be assured that it's the right red therapy or red light therapy, or is there something he should look for? Or Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the two things they need to look for is, first of all, you need to you need to understand what you're trying to treat. Okay, so if it's at a really deep level within the body, if it's muscular or a bone related problem, red light's not going to help you. You need infrared. Okay, you need near infrared because it penetrates deeper into the yeah. skin. Yep. Um, if you're looking to treat something at a, at a skin level, collagen, acne, eczema, things like that, then red light is what you need. So that's the first sort of part of it. Gotcha. Um, most of these devices will contain both, by the way. So you can, sure. you know, a good device will have both infrared and red. red. Then you can have them both on, or you can have them on separately, depending on what you're looking to, to heal. Um, and the second thing is the irradiance. So you need to make sure that your, your device is generating enough power to be able to produce the best results. Because for instance, this, this light bulb would not be, it, yes, it contains 660 nanometer red light, which is very healing, but the irradiance on it is so, so low gotcha. that you need to sit in front of it for weeks before you even noticed anything, which is just not practical. Whereas when you find something that's over 100, um, megawatts per square centimeter, like the devices we do, for instance, and there's a few other companies that do them at that power, you'll find that just five, 10 minutes of that every day, depending on the situation, like for instance, if I had arthritis myself, I'd be using it three times a day, every single day for five, 10 minutes, you'll start seeing such amazing results within, I don't know, maybe one to 12 weeks. I know that's quite broad, but everyone responds differently. Sure. Um, but like anything, Bob, it's, it's consistent use. You know, you're not going to just, it's not a pill. You're not going to put it on yourself one day and go, oh my God, I feel amazing. I'm cured. Um, it's, it's more helping with the, the symptoms, pain, um, but also after prolonged use, you know, you start to heal, see more healing and more um, cellular repair. So you just have to make sure you use it for, for long-term as, as, as well. Yeah, thank you very much for answering that question. I, um, it sounds very interesting. And now you talked about that's near infrared uh, yes. versus far infrared. 
So what what is the difference? Yeah, well, near infrared just becomes more bioactive in humans. Okay, so the um, the far infrared light is more like used in lasers and things like that. It's much more intense. Um, but the studies that have come out comparing the two have really shown that near infrared just has more benefits for us at a at a cellular level. Gotcha. It's as simple as that. Without going into the sort of deep science of the two. It's sure. kind of relevant for near infrared, uh, far infrared light because the studies have compared them and just have gone, actually, there's no comparison here. Near infrared light is so much more powerful. And what they, what, how it sort of works at a, at a cellular level, it, it all comes down to, and, and this might get a bit complex, but um, I think it's worth saying, and I'll, I'll try and explain it basically. The way it works, okay, is that you're looking at how a specific frequency of light can influence the production of adenosine triphosphate, so ATP, during electron chain transport. And the way that that happens is that when you go through the four chains of electron chain transport, so this is when you take in light, food, water, it all enters this chain transport, and at the end result is energy, which makes us move and makes us have this conversation we're having now, for instance. Right. Now, at the fourth stage of this, there is a very important cytochrome there. So it's called cytochrome C oxidase. And that takes oxygen and it utilizes it to um, produce the ATP, the energy. Now, in, in the world we live in at the moment, we produce a lot of inflammation from pollutants, bad food, stress, etc. you know, all the usual um, factors. And this also forms part of this electron chain transport, whereby oxygen is produced. So you've got your reactive oxygen species. Um, you've got, um, you know, all these sort of oxidant type inflammatory markers that, that come through. And what happens is nitric oxide increases and competes with cytochrome C oxidase for the oxygen molecules within this chain transport. So as we're using up the oxygen to fight the inflammation, neutralize all these like nasties that are happening in this, this, this chain transport, it leaves less oxygen to produce energy. So we're not producing efficient energy through the system with all the, all the inflammation that we're having. Now, when they've been testing the red light, they found that the, the 660 nanometer red and the 850 nanometer near infrared light, when they tested all the different frequencies, were the most effective at neutralizing the nitric oxide or the excess of nitric oxide, because some of it's good, in this chain transport, freeing up more oxygen to allow the reaction with cytochrome C oxidase to actually produce more energy in a more efficient manner. So when you start producing more energy and more energy efficiency, you free up more energy to be able to heal and restore. Because when you have low energy, certain processes within the body as your nobob start to reduce, you know, like for instance, if you have sleep deprivation, you can't think straight, you, right. you know, Things, things dial down a little bit. And that's kind of what the population are running on these days, the, you know, this dialed down version of themselves. Yes. Whereas when you get this red light therapy on your body every day and start treating this inflammation and allowing more oxygen available for cytochrome C oxidase to produce more energy and ATP, we actually start feeling much better like in ourselves. We feel like we're running on like superhuman powers, but in essence, we're just bringing ourselves back to normality of how we should feel as humans. Um, and going back to your original question of why not infrared, far infrared over near infrared, the near infrared neutralizes and frees up more oxygen than any other frequency of light in that spectrum, it seems from the, um, the academic literature. Let's go back once here, Andy. So if yeah. it, you're gonna to try to get it through natural sunlight, how much would, would you recommend a day? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the best thing for you to do is, is be in the sun all day. Not possible, right? Um, right, right. And I'm not saying go out and sunbake all day long. Um, you know, this, when, I, when I say be out in the sun, you know, be safe, you know, be in the shade, wear a hat, things right. like that during high UV periods, that makes complete sense. Um, 
But in terms of um, like minimal effective dose, I think is probably worth speaking about. Yes, yes. Yeah. In, in the mornings, I would say two to five minutes watching the sunrise is optimal. That, that's non-negotiable. You have to watch that sunrise. Again, don't have to be staring directly at it. There could be buildings around, but just being present in the light that is present around that time of day is enough to entrain that body clock. Then you can go back in, go about your day, do what you need to do. Then I, I feel you should at least have a sunbreak um, in the mornings and afternoons, okay? Just for a few minutes outside, you know, no sunglasses on for a couple of minutes and just allow the sun to get into the skin and the eyes and basically tell your body what time of day it is. So, so your circadian rhythm is just getting the right messages throughout the day. Eat your lunch outside where you can. You know, the worst thing you can do as I described earlier, is eat your lunch or eat your food under artificial blue light because you're going to store more of it as fat than you are as um, energy. So go outside so your body knows, wow, it's the middle of the day. I can eat this food. I'm going to use it for energy and I'm going to partition it correctly. So five minutes in the morning, five minutes mid-morning, uh, mid eat your lunch outside as long as it's not pouring with rain. Um, then a break in the afternoon for maybe five minutes. You know, people go out and have smoke breaks in offices. So you're entitled to a sun break, surely. Um, and if you can do it, watch the sunset again for two to five minutes. But I know that's quite difficult some, for some people because it's like pick the kids up and cook dinner and things like that. And, you know, you'd probably be, be okay if you didn't watch the sun set in the evenings. Um, and that's probably the minimal effective dose. So, you know, you're looking at an hour in the sun a day, um, yeah. but, but at various intervals, you know, you're not just going out in the morning for an hour and then locking yourself away. But the one non-negotiable, Bob, is the sunrise. Everyone should watch or be outside as soon as that first light comes up, without a doubt, rain, shine, get outside. And you will, you will find within a week, that you will be bouncing out of bed in the morning just from doing that. You, you will just be like, I need to see that sunrise. Why? Because you'll love the dopamine and serotonin hit you're getting. Um, awesome. And, and you'll jump out of bed. So really not that great of requirements. Um, you know, so what you referred to earlier uh, through the window would be junk light. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. You couldn't, you couldn't watch the sun, sunrise through the window. No, absolutely not. Um, when, you, when you start testing with a spectrometer, the frequencies of light, you're getting um, a lot of blocking of infrared light. You're getting certain parts of the UV spectrum blocked. And also you're getting a reduction in, in most of the colors of the sunlight as well. So it's better than artificial light, but it's not as good as sunlight. Um, and the major issue with, with sitting next to a window um, is more the UV component. What you find is, um, you know, the three types of UV, UVA, UVB, UVC, typically when they're in combination, yes, it's causing cellular damage from the sun, but you're also getting the infrared light when you're out there and the red light in the sun to help heal that. But what we're doing is when you're sitting behind glass, you're filtering out specific frequencies of the infrared and the red and or filtering down not out i should say um some of the uv's blocked because a lot of uv coating now on the um on the windows so you're really just your body's like getting this light into its skin and it's like what is this light like i've getting some uv but not others and it all starts just messing around with the cells um so my advice is if you're driving in your car just crack your window open a little bit and then you're getting all that natural light through. You don't have to have it right down. Just, just crack it a little bit. Um, and if you're working in an office and the window can't be open and you're sat near it, then try and move and sit away from it if you can. Um, because I just think it will just cause much more damage for you in the long run sitting close to that window, which goes against what a lot of people think. They're like, exactly. oh, it's natural light. Um, but actually, it's, it's again, um, Alexander Wunsch, Dr. Jack Cruz um, are all saying this is, as well. and, and you know, they've been pretty much bang on with all their um, theories in the last sort of 20 years, the, these guys, in terms of how light is, is wreaking havoc with us at a, at a cellular level. So would you just uh, review the hacks that if you mm. can't get out at all during the day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think I'll start during the day and then I'll explain after sunset. And, and one of the big things that a lot of people say to us is they, they say, well, what's the one thing I can do to, to, to counteract all this? And, and there is no one thing, okay? Because as I mentioned earlier, natural light changes in its frequencies throughout the day. So what you're doing at midday isn't going to be the same as nine o'clock in the evening, okay? You need to change your hacks throughout the day in order to allow yourself to biohack, to mimic what, what nature is, has intended for you to see in terms of light. Gotcha. So during the day, what you want to do is you want to balance out the light that's submitted from your screens. Because a lot of people will be working on laptops, okay? Now, you want to balance out the light. So you want to be putting some red light around your computer area. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want to uh, eliminate blue light during the day. So you don't want to block it. You, you need blue light during the day. Like, I can't say that enough. Um, you just don't need it in isolation. You need it with the other frequencies. So if you can't get outside, let's get a salt lamp next to your desk, next to your monitor. Let's put your smartphone on night shift mode during the day because it emits a little bit of blue light but not a huge spike of blue light. Um, let's potentially wear blue light filtering glasses during the day, which will reduce the blue light down a little bit, which allows it to then come more in line with the red light you're putting around your workstation. Gotcha. Um, maybe you'll want to put a few red light bulbs in and around your environment as well to, to allow more red into your life. Um, and this is the big thing, because a lot of computer glasses companies out there claim that you know they have this clear lens you put it on and it filters the blue light and everything's good to a certain extent that that's correct in terms of yes it reduces the blue light down and it helps get less of that blue light but what it's not addressing is the absence of red light right so we need to put that back into our life during the day as as well think of the colors of the rainbow again so that's the big tip for during the day during the evening, we should not see any blue light whatsoever. Our ancestors would not have seen it. They would have seen the campfire torchlight. So we need reds and oranges. So what you want to do is you want to be wearing blue light blocking glasses as soon as the sun sets, okay? Now, not all blue light glasses are created equal, as I'm sure you would have predicted, I would say. Sure. Um, the issue you've got, right, is that there was a really interesting study in 2002, which is the gold standard of, of melatonin studies. And it showed the, basically the, 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 melano, uh, the melatonin curve. So what frequencies of light allowed melatonin to come through and what frequencies of light allowed melatonin to be, to be blocked? And what they found was that the light specifically between 400 nanometers and 550 nanometers was exactly where melatonin levels would decrease. Okay, so that's all of the blue light and almost all of the green light that's submitted from digital devices, TVs and house lights. Yes, you can't see blue and green light from your house lights because it's typically a white or yellow light that comes out and that's to do with the phosphorus reaction in, in the filament. But if you test it with a spectrometer, full of blue and green light. So you need to make sure that you're blocking 100% of the light that falls between 400 and 550 nanometers. And the only way to achieve this is with these sort of deep orange lenses. And again, if you're going to buy a pair of these lenses from anywhere other than blue blocks, make sure that they send you a spectral test report that shows 100% of the light being blocked between 400 and 550 nanometers. If any light is coming in before 400 nanometer, sorry, before 550 nanometers, those glasses are going to be useless. You might as well not wear them because the sure. brain doesn't care how much blue light passes into it. It still thinks it's during the day because there's no blue light after sunset. So these are sleep plus glasses from blue blocks and um, these block 100%. We got the spectrum test reports independently done and we tested them live on camera as well on our YouTube channel so people can see that they block. So sunsets, these go on. 
when you're ready for bed, which will most likely be three hours after you put these on mm -hmm. because people just can't stay asleep, uh, stay awake with, with, um, with these on because they're just so fantastic. You're going to start seeing blue colors as black and you're going to see green colors as sort of a darker green color because some of the green still comes in after 550 nanometers, which is fine. It's just the green below 550 you need to block. And people think, oh, but I'll just see red everywhere. You, you, you don't. Okay, you still see yellows, you still see the reds, you still see, you know, some greens and, you know, other pinks and oranges, this is totally fine. But what you'll find is that this will tell the brain, there's no blue light in my environment, even though you're watching TV, even though you're on your phone, there's no blue light in your environment. So your body starts to reduce cortisol, increase melatonin, and your circadian rhythm will be correctly functioning and you'll have more deep sleep, more REM sleep, more restorative sleep, and you'll wake up feeling fresh in the morning. You don't wanna be taking these off at any time, Bob, uh, during the evening. So when you're in bed, get all your lights switched off, then off these come, your head hits the pillow and you go to, to sleep. Or in your bedroom, as long as you, don't mind the neighbors thinking potentially something dodgy is going on. You can put a lot of red light. <laughs> you can put your red light in, in your bedroom as well. Okay. So you can take your glasses off if there's red light around and you're not using your phone or anything. You can take them off and you can read under red light as well, which won't impact your sleep. So that's what you need to do. And, and another thing that you need to do to manage light these days is unfortunately the, the councils or um, the boroughs, I don't know what you call them in the US, they, they put street lights outside um, a lot of places now. Yes. And, and unless you've got blackout curtains, um, light can come in from the outside. And there was a study that showed that even with your eyes closed, light hitting your closed eyes, the blue light from outside, car headlights, neighbors lights, maybe your pups getting up in the night to use the bathroom and putting on the light, actually sets back melatonin production during the night as well. So what we also recommend is getting a 100% blackout sleep mask as well. Um, this one here, um, again, Blue Block Sell It, comes with adjustable eye cavities. Um, so you oh, can nice. fully open your eyes with these on. So you put it on, you can fully open your eyes and it's 100% blackout. Um, regular sleep masks, aren't typically 100% blackout. And what they also do, they put pressure on your eyes, which isn't good over time. You know, things like glaucoma, eye pressure related disease could be an issue if you're constantly sleeping with a lot of, a lot of pressure on your eyes. And we've seen a study that showed a 26% increase in REM sleep when people wow. use a sleep mask and earplugs when sleeping as opposed to the group that didn't wear a sleep mask or earplugs. So, you know, these, these things are a big, you know, statistical um, data there that, that, that's really positive. So yeah, just to recap, during the day, lots of red light around your desk um, and blue light filtering glasses, clear lenses. Um, after sunset, you want the red, dark amber lenses that block 100% of light between 400 and 550 nanometers. Don't take them off until you're in a dark room. Red light in your environment as well, and also a good quality 100% light blocking sleep mask that doesn't place pressure on your eyes. And then get up and watch that sunrise in the morning. And it's as simple as that. It really is easy to fix. You know, we're not, I'm not like touting something like, you know, you've got to eat, you know, to, to lose weight, you've right. got to eat raw protein and veggies every single day. Like these are really easy things to do. You go about your life as normal. You just have to wear a pair of red glasses in the evening, watch the sunrise in the morning, and you're going to fill a million bucks, you know? So I'm, I'm going to make the recommendation that you go to his website because I think it's going to be, you know, too much of a crapshoot to buy something on Amazon in this case. I know you can check into it, but it's just going to be a lot easier to do buy from Blue Blocks B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Um, also, I, I wanted one more question. I know we're running up, I guess, the time here, but, um, you know, seasonal affective disorder, is that really something that maybe we all have to some extent and you, you see degrees of it? 
Yeah, and you know that that really um, and again that that would probably um, the answer I'm about to give probably sounds like a loaded question, but it wasn't. I didn't know this um, this this question was coming at this time. That's the reason I moved from the UK. Seasonal affective disorder, growing oh, my life. Okay. There's actually a, a day in the UK, um, I believe it's the second Tuesday in February, every single year has the most suicides. Um, and it oh coincides with being, yeah, they, they, it's, it's dreadful. Um, it's the same day every single year. And it typically is, you know, to do with, that is literally the deepest, darkest, hellish week or day in, sure. in, in the calendar in terms of sunlight um dopamine levels obviously plummet during that time um serotonin levels plummet and we just feel generally low and you know this is to do with two factors it's the lack of sunlight um because in the uk and some of these northern latitudes there isn't a huge amount of light present so we need to be outside more during the winter not less but what do we do in the winter bob we do the opposite it's cold outside so we right. go outside less exactly and we stay inside more but what is inside more during the winter? Blue light. Blue light. Yes. So we're getting cortisol levels from six in the morning all the way through to 10 o'clock at night because we're under this artificial light for that period of time. Whereas in the summer, it's less because there's more sunlight. So we're outside more. So in the winter, would our ancestors have seen blue light from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m.? No, they would have seen it from, say, 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. because they would have been, but they would have been outside with the red light as well. Right. So what right. we're doing is a lot of people think it's a lack of sun. It's actually a lack of being outside during those winter months and coming inside more often under more artificial light, which is jacking cortisol levels through the roof and causing us to feel depressed and anxious and low mood, which then relates into the seasonal affective disorder. So my advice for that is the more northern latitude you are, the more you're going to have an issue with this. And it also comes down to ancestry as well. Okay, so, you know, some real extreme northern latitude um, countries, like say maybe more um, places, say like Alaska or Scandinavia, they can maybe get four hours of daylight sometimes, which is shocking. But if they've right. evolved under that and you're gotcha. an Inuit or you're a native of that region, Makes it's not sense. a problem for you. Not a problem. And why is it not a problem? Because there is an, in those northern latitude areas, what do they eat in abundance? Fish. What does fish do? It produces more DHA. What does DHA do? It produces more DC electric current when mixed with ultraviolet light, which actually produces a lot less inflammation than having less DHA in your body. So they have a natural mechanism to protect themselves. Now, if you're African or if you're, you know, say Central European descent like myself, and I go and live in Scandinavia or the African person goes and lives in Scandinavia, they're going to have a massively hard time with that because their ancestry sure. doesn't agree with it. Same as if a, an Inuit or a, um, a Scandinavian goes and lives on the equator, they're going to have a very big, a very hard time adapting to the light at those regions. So it comes down to ancestry as well. And I always encourage people to look into it. Um, and I've moved to, to Australia. Yes, I'm not from um, Australia, but I have to take precautions to manage the light here like the uv light is extremely high the ozone layer is an issue over here so i have to plan my protocol to avoid very high uv days if it's you know over 100 degrees outside then i'm inside um you know in the shade um with the doors open so i've got the natural light and, and the breeze coming through but in terms of seasonal affective disorder it is a major issue in these northern latitudes because a lot of people aren't ancestrally from those regions um but the, the hack is get outside more you know like there's nothing more empowering in, in my mind and, and this might be me being weird than walking in the cold or the snow or the rain no, i agree 100 percent. my yeah. wife and i call it cryotherapy yes i love ct it it's so good love that and it's oh, so healthy for you it's been shown to lower inflammation so get yourself outside it's definitely going to help if you have back pain or you sit a lot 
you get those, you walk every um, morning and walk every evening, even yes. if it's, or afternoon, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes and you get your yeah. son and yeah, perfect. Well, I can't thank you enough, Andy. This has just been fascinating. I mean, oh, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to try uh, all this stuff myself. And uh, I will again, mention your website. Uh, great name. I thought, by the way, uh, B L U blox.com it's andy mant and uh um i'm sure all the information you need can be found there absolutely yeah i'd love people just come check it out have a read and drop us a message you know if you have some questions i always say to people tell us about your situation tell us about your current setup with light via our um, contact form and my team will come and address that and say, right, based on that, this is what you'll need to do. And this is what products you might need to help you. And, and we can give you a bit more of a personalized rundown rather than say everyone needs this specific product right. and uh, away you go. So, yeah, no, it's been a real um, privilege to be able to speak to you, Bob. And, and yeah, like I said, if we can help just one person from this, um, that's work done and, and made this conversation worthwhile. And it sounds as though, we've achieved that anyway, because you're going to implement a few of these no, things. I, I am one of my daughters without a doubt, we're going to, we're going to be the experiment of two. So we're yeah. Gonna shot <laughs> and we'll report back to you. So love that. Love that. So <laughs> thanks, Andy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Bob. thanks so much. Take care.